1: I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club You can't even get in, in. <laughs> Leg out Yellow model chin Yellow bottle sippin Yellow Lamborghini Yellow top missing. Yeah, yeah, that shit look like a toupee I get what you get in ten years In two days Ladies love me I'm on my cool J. If you get what I get, what would you say? She whacks it all off, Mr. Miyagi, and the suicide doors, Arikari. Look at me now, look at me
2: now, oh. What is up, TFA? Welcome into to another show. Going to wrap up our thoughts on the free agency period for 2021. The flames are finally starting to die down. We we finally are, are reaching the end of it. It was burning hot for a while, but now we can kind of go through this and really talk about all the players that have signed since. We're just gonna run through this position by position, kind of just give a, a stock up, stock down kind of thing and you know, talk about some situations that we are interested in. So let's just go ahead and jump right into this, Kev. Uh kicking things off with quarterbacks. Obviously, we had, you know, before free agency started, we had Goff and Matt Stafford switched places. We had Carson Wentz traded to Indy. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick signed a one-year deal with Washington. Andy Dalton, one-year deal one year deal with Chicago. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill both stay in New Orleans. And then Cam Newton stays with New England. Uh, out of this group, uh, who, who really sticks out to you? Is there anybody that you're going to be targeting in your 2021 redraft leagues.
3: I mean, I, I know a lot of people aren't going to love Carson Wentz, but like, I, I don't hate this move for him. I think a fresh start in Indy uh, behind a much better offensive line with a really pretty solid cast of offensive weapons. I wouldn't be surprised if they added somebody else through free agency, but they did bring back T.Y. Hilton uh, today so that he signed a one-year, $10 million deal, so will have him back. But, you know, the, the rest of the band will be there. Paris Campbell coming back healthy. Uh, Michael Pittman. And, I do, I again, I wouldn't be surprised if they added another wide receiver in this in this class because I think they they could use that for next year with T.Y. Hilton likely for this probably being his last year. But I think overall, I don't I don't hate this landing spot. He's going to be a guy that everybody hates, right? He's going to be a guy that he's probably going to go 17, 18, 19, 20. He, you know, he's going to be virtually free at this point. And so I like Carson Wentz. And I think that this is a really, be, really good bounce back spot. We know what he did in Philly. Or excuse me, or in Philly with, with with Frank Reich as the head coach. So I just think this is a good landing spot for him, and um, I'm I'm willing to reinvest in him. And he's going to be virtually free. And if he doesn't work out, you can drop him, pick up somebody else, and stream the position. So I don't hate that. I, I do think though the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing in Washington is also really good because he's going to be there with Terry McLaurin. I really really hope that I and I think that I would almost expect that they're going to add another wide receiver in the draft because they they definitely need that to go along. Side of uh Terry McLaurin there. But overall, I really like the weapons that they have there. Antonio Gibson and you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is just sex for fantasy football, right? He just drops all kinds of points. So those two side, those two moves are probably the two that I like the most. I do like Matt Stafford obviously being traded to the Rams. I think this is a much better landing spot for him. Offensive-minded head coach with all the weapons. And we'll talk about a wide receiver that I think is underrated that can kind of unlock this entire offense as well. So um I, you know, those are the moves I, I'll have no problem taking Matt Stafford as a top-12 quarterback this year.
2: Yeah, we talked about him in our early look at the uh, quarterback rankings for 2021. Got to like Stafford in that spot. Uh, for, for me, the one that I'm most interested in, you already touched on it a little bit, but that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, like you said. Just absolute fantasy gold. I, I love that landing spot. You know, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, they're going to add somebody else, Antonio Gibson, hopefully his passing role increases in his second year at running back. Uh, you know, looking at the Saints situation, we obviously want Jameis to take that spot. We're kind of, kind of seems like that's what the, the tea leaves are reading as, which is odd considering that they gave Taysom Hill, the the starting spots whenever Breeze was missing time there last year. But If Jameis is the guy there, I think you already had him ranked as a top twelve, or maybe he was right outside, and you were talking about if he does get the the starting position, that Jameis is going to leap up into your QB one rankings, and you know it's hard to hard to disagree with that considering what the the kind of numbers that he's been putting up, while also putting up you know double digit interceptions and all the way up to thirty his last year in Tampa, and then Cam Newton is just. I guess if I'm going to be taking anybody in that New England offense, it is going to be Cam because I just have no idea what skill positions to target there, or if I even want to target any any of those guys. And we'll get into some of their signings here coming up in a little bit. But I think as as far as that goes, if they don't add, you know, somebody like a, you know, seems that Mac Jones would be the one who makes the most sense with where they are sitting in the draft and where he's probably going to fall to. Uh, if, if they don't add anybody else and Cam Newton is the starter, I think you want to go after him as the guy who's just going to be spreading the ball around versus trying to pick which one of these skill positions you want to target for uh, for your teams.
3: Yeah, I, I think with Cam, like I, I, they definitely made improvements to what the offense was last year for sure, adding the two tight ends. The wide receivers are, are negligible in how, how much of an upgrade they, they've made, and there's still talk about them wanting to add another running back, which is just – insane with as many running backs they already have in that 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 room but you know they've been kind of linked to Leonard Fournette that they've kind of have interest in him but um overall like I think that um he's a guy that I think that if he can bounce back because early last year pre before he got COVID like he was balling right I mean he was looking like he was bounced back it's Cam of old he gets COVID and then just the wheels fell off of that of the entire offense the rest of the season. And I think that moving forward, I think that with an entire offseason, because listen, this New England this New England Patriots offense is one of the hardest to learn. I mean, the, you hear guys that come in, veterans have been in the league for a really long time that show up, and it takes them a long time to really pick this offense up. So like I, I think at some level, yeah, we all everybody hates Cam Newton, but I still think that he has the ability to be at least in terms of, you know, his ability to be able to pick up yards on the ground, you know, rushing touchdowns, all that stuff is still there. And now with better weapons, I think this offense can be better than what it was last year. I don't think it's going to be the dumpster fire that it was. And, you know, with the entire offseason with him to learn. And I do agree. I think if, if a quarterback like Mac Jones is sitting there on the board for them at, you know, at their pick, I think they pick 15th. I think they definitely take him, let him sit on the bench for a year. And then he takes over next year and Cam Newton leaves and goes somewhere else. So, Overall, I, I think Cam Newton can be somebody that people should be looking at. Uh, you know, later, probably. You know, he's probably going to be like quarterback 15, 16, 17, probably for people off the board, and you know, he could be a nice value. You know, somebody that could sneak in as a top twelve
2: quarterback. Before we move on to running back, uh, Andy Dalton. Any, I mean, outside of uh, a streaming matchup, I mean, poor Allen Robinson. Like th- this dude. Uh, he needs to 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 file a criminal report with with what he's had to deal with. I mean, any anything there for you with uh, with Andy Dalton?
3: No, but it's sad. That this is probably the best quarterback that he's played with uh, in his career. You know, 100%. I mean, Andy, Andy Dalton last year. I mean, you really would have thought that with all the weapons that he had, that he would have looked better than he did. Now, again, it's kind of the same thing as, as Cam Newton. He had they had no offseason. They had he had no time to learn this. He took no reps with any of these guys. So it took him some time to kind of figure things out. He had some decent games with them. Uh, Week 11, he scored 19.3, which is a QB one week. And then uh, week 16 against Philly, he dropped 27.6, which was uh, number three or third. The QB three for that week. So, But other than that, he was kind of a QB two in most every week. I mean, he went terrible 18.6, 15.3, 17.2, and 13.5 in those matchups he doesn't do a lot for me. He's not something I'll be targeting and somebody I want to, but I definitely think he, he, may, he may be able to look at him as like a, just a pure streaming option. Somebody depending on matchup, maybe your quarterback's on by and you're looking to pick up. Yeah. I don't hate it because I mean, they, they do still have Alan Robinson. They have Darnell Mooney. That's still going to be back there. They still have Anthony Miller. And so, you know, uh, Cole Komet, you know, this, this offense isn't terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think, and you know, Andy Dalton, you know, it's not exciting. It's not great. It's not something I'll be targeting, but you know, just at best a streaming option.
2: I just I, I didn't want him to to feel left out because I know he tunes in to the, the the TFA show. So moving things on to running back, we had Aaron Jones stay with the Packers on a four year deal. Kenyon Drake just goes and fucking ruins everything with the Raiders. Gets a two year deal there. Carson Chris Carson stays in Seattle. Jamal Williams heads to Detroit to back up DeAndre Swift on a two year deal. Mike Davis goes to Atlanta on a I think it was a 2 year deal but it was only like 5 million guaranteed or something or 3 million guaranteed there wasn't a lot of money there so I think there's someone who can still add in the uh, in the draft Philip Lindsay goes to a crowded room in Houston with David Johnson and Mark Ingram Tevin Coleman recently signed with the Jets so that's somewhat maybe maybe interesting uh, Marlon Mack stays with Indy. Malcolm Brown heads east to Miami. And then Damian Williams lands with Chicago. Obviously, Aaron Jones. For me, honestly, the the biggest winners out of this free agency period were guys who stayed put and avoided you know, any major additions. And that's Chase Edmonds with Arizona. And then uh, your boy, James Robinson. They added Carlos Hyde. But, I mean, that's as much as I am a – Doubter long term for James Robinson. Carlos Hyde doesn't scare me whatsoever. Now both of those running backs still have to survive the draft. I mean, I th- I think Arizona is locked in to to take somebody at some point. Whether that's somebody high like a, you know Travis Etienne is kind of a name that's been thrown out for the Cardinals. And you know maybe it's like the fourth round for the draft for the Jags. I still think they add to that room. But as long if they can you know avoid you know, top two, top three round draft capital, especially for Chase Edmonds, it's wheels up for him, man. I'm, I'm excited to see if, you know, they don't add somebody like an ETN. They, they have to add somebody because it's him and, Eno you know, Benjamin and that you just can't go into the year with those two guys is as, uh, as basically you're only running back depth. So out of this group, who, uh, who are you excited for, you know, stock up, stock down, just your general thoughts on the free agency running back group. Well, when we did our
3: famous our uh, top. What was it? Our top twenty four uh, running backs for redraft. You know, Aaron Jones, the guy I think had like fifteen or sixteen, ba- basically because I didn't really know where he was going to land. And so now that he's back in Green Bay, and you know, I think the best news though really is Jamal Williams not returning because really what that does is really open up the pass catching role even more for him. Um, and I think that that is a positive because before, I mean, he was already a guy that was that was seeing a pretty, pretty good solid dose of of, of targets. There's nobody there to take away because Jamal Williams was kind of like that pesky, like every he would get a couple drives a game and he would come in and take some pass catching work from him. And it was it was always frustrating. I still think that there's probably a chance he's going to lose some of the goal line works and the goal line carries because of they have Jamal or because they have A.J. Dillon there, which is still just a terrible fucking a terrible signing. Or not. It was a terrible draft pick with with, with taking AJ Dill in the second round, and then you turn around and bring Aaron Jones back. You know, like what are you doing, Green Bay? But regardless of that, you know, overall, like since there's not another pass catcher there, like that's good news for Aaron Jones. So I to so now Aaron Jones is the top ten running back. He's back into the top ten running back, locked in there. Um, you know, with, with Aaron Rodgers in this offense, we'll have to wait and see if they add another pass catcher because at this point. They they are shooting zeros here uh, at at trying to add another pass catcher, and it's crazy because Devontae Adams is a free agent after this year. Like I was, I was curious. Let me look at next year's free agency class because it's going to be even more loaded. Because like we'll talk about with the wide receivers, so many one year deals here uh, and the franchise tag. So we talk about this year's class and how loaded it was going to be. No, no, next year is going to be loaded because all these dudes that got franchise tag, they're not going to get franchise tag again. Likely, Allen Robinson doesn't sign an extension. With Chicago, and so then you know add that on top of all the free agents that are going to be for next year, it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. I assume that Devontae Adams either gets re-signed or or we get franchise tagged but regardless of that, uh, I think Aaron Jones is definitely the biggest winner here in terms of all the free agents that were there. Because I mean, instead of him going somewhere where it would have been maybe a shaky spot, like how is he going to be used? What's the situation going to look like? We know he we're comfortable with Aaron Jones. We know what to expect from him in Green Bay in this offense. So. I think he's a top 10 running back, and I think it's wheels up again for him. Kenyon Drake, like, I don't think it's the biggest deterrent for Josh Jacobs, but I definitely think it's a problem because Kenyon Drake is much more of a capable running back than other guys we've seen. And it's odd because they've talked about him, how they're going to put him out at wide receiver and do all these creative things with Kenyon Drake. And I'm like, what do we, why not do this with Josh Jacobs? Why not do it with Josh Jacobs? Like, Josh Jacobs came out of college as, you know, as a guy that we were all touting as, as a strong pass catcher in Alabama. What are we doing? John Gruden should be fired. Really, is, is what should happen because, like the way that they they set up their offense, they they completely dismantled their offensive line. I get it. Some of these guys have regressed a little bit and stuff like that. But still, Rodney Hudson is one of the best centers in all of football. And then they 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 give him away. Basically, gave him. Away. and they, I think they had to pay some money uh, <laughs> to get, to send him over to Arizona. Made no sense. But regardless of that, like Kenyon Drake is is kind of dead. Like I, I think you know, you somebody you're not really going to want to draft. I don't think he's going to have a huge role. It's going to be kind of like Devontae Booker where he's going to spell uh, Josh Jacobs and probably take some of the pass-catching work away. But, you know, if anything were to happen to Josh Jacobs, then, uh, then it would re- you know he would be a really solid, you know, kind of waiver-wire ad type guy. Chris Carson going back to Seattle. I know people were kind of excited. Maybe Rashad Penny was finally going to get a chance. Uh, not so fast, my friend. There's definitely no. going to split role, though. I will say I think Rashad Penny could still be kind of a late-round flyer, kind of that – the guy, if you want to stash or, you know, kind of a handcuff type guy, I don't hate it because right now it's really just him and Chris Carson there in that backfield. So we're kind of back to this and we know that they, they prefer kind of a two back system. So I don't hate Rashad Penny. I don't think he's completely dead, but uh, it's good news for Chris Carson. and The rest of these guys It's kind of, they are who they are. They're kind of just Jags. Damian Williams just throws a huge wrench into Chicago. And now David Montgomery, it's like, again, another situation. We're like, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Why, why, why but At the end of the day, I think we just look at Damian Williams, the name, remember him with the Chiefs and what he was able to do there. I don't think he's going to have a huge impact on that offense. I still think that their offense, at least from the running back room, will run through through David Montgomery. Tariq Cohen is just going to take away targets for him, so that kind of hurts David Montgomery. But other than that, I know people have kind of talked about Mike Davis, you know, because right now he's the only guy. I have to imagine they're going to draft another running back. And probably Mike Davis may get the opportunity early, but whoever the running back they take, like, Now I kind of don't like. I'm kind of like trying to figure out where I want Javante Williams to go because you know he's Bay, and I'm like at first it was Atlanta. Now I'm kind of like I don't know. Like I think Pittsburgh is still the perfect landing spot because they still haven't signed anybody right now. Right, it's basically still Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland there in Pittsburgh. So and we'll talk about Pittsburgh because I was shocked that you know that Juju decided to go back to Pittsburgh. But regardless of that, you know of the running backs, that's kind of all I got.
2: Yeah, I I really don't have. Anything else to to add to you know the the things that you already pointed out? Let let's just say as of right now, hypothetically speaking, the you know Atlanta doesn't add anybody with you know until let, let's say early day three. They don't add somebody until the fourth round. It's somebody like a you know like a, a Chuba Hubbard or you know somebody like that. If they don't make a significant addition, or you know let let's say we we can look at Mike Davis and feel confident that he's going to be like, a, you know, at, at the worst, a 60-40 kind of a guy. Where do you think that you would slot him in if that were if that were the case?
3: Low-end RB2, I think. Um, maybe, probably RB19, 20-ish, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Because look at Todd Gurley last year. I mean, Todd Gurley, the, before, you know, they decided to completely go away from him, but for like the first nine or ten weeks, I mean, he had like eight or nine touchdowns through that time. And and you know, this is still a really good offense. I mean, with I mean, I know it's not it's not a team. I don't think is going to go out and win twelve games next year. But their offense is still more than capable. Calvin Lee and Julio and Matt Ryan, there, Aiden Hurst to be able to be a a, a pretty prolific offense. So that he's going to have opportunities, and he's a good pass catcher too. So I mean, he can be a three down back. You know, we saw last year whenever he took over for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he never really like blew you away. He had a couple weeks that were really strong, but for the most part, it was kind of like. He was getting you, you know, twelve to fifteen points for most weeks, but that's fine. I mean, you you get that guy there, and he's probably somebody that you're. There as of right now, if we go into the season, I still think that he's not gonna. it's not something he's gonna rise up. I mean, he'll probably be fifth or sixth round guy. And if you can get him there as your RB three, RB four, like I wouldn't hate it. It's it, you know, it's it's not the you know it's not the flashiest thing, but he's kind of one of those guys you probably can plug and play in as a flex option on most weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was just curious to see what, what your thoughts. But l- like you said, I, I think they, they add somebody, you know what I mean, maybe not round one, but at some point in day two, and if that's the case, unless that rookie just you know is not getting it and kind of falls flat on their face throughout the the, the training camp and off-season portion of the NFL, that uh, th- they'll, they'll at least eat into a lot of that workload for, for Mike Davis. And you, you mentioned Fournette. He's still sitting out there. James Conner's still there. Duke Johnson still doesn't have a home, and uh, the aforementioned Todd Gurley is still looking around and, and waiting for someone to pick him up. So, moving on to wide receivers, you know, we, every single year we go into free agency, we're like, man, so many good names. So excited for somebody like a Rob to finally get a quarterback. Well. A-Rob, Godwin, Juju, and you uh, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton at the top of the show. All staying put with their teams. Kenny Galladay was the one who made the big splash going to the Giants on a four-year deal. Corey Davis and your guy Keelan Cole going to the Jets. Uh, Curtis Samuel, we already mentioned, going to Washington. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne to the Pats. Marvin Jones to Jacksonville. Will Fuller is one of those one-year deal guys. Ended up going to Miami. A.J. Green getting his retirement home in Arizona on a one-year deal. Manny Sanders going up north to Buffalo. Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perriman to Detroit. And if this were any other depth chart, I really don't think we would even mention that. But it is not any other depth chart. Those cupboards are buck naked bear. So I guess that's something to mention for now. John Brown ends up with the Raiders. Chris Conley in Houston. Again, another depth chart that's, like, super up in the air. Now the, the quarterback position as well with all that craziness. Josh Reynolds landing with Tennessee and Deshaun Jackson to the Rams. I really don't think we have to go too much in you know into too much detail with A. Robin Godwin. Uh, we were kind of talking about Juju a little bit earlier if we want to touch on him. But who are some of these guys that you are either, you know, targeting or fading after free agency
3: yeah I mean, it doesn't really change a whole lot you know we had a rob as a top five guy top five or six he still is uh you know with him returning to chicago godwin it's kind of you know it doesn't really do a lot for me now again i said what i talked about if they don't bring in another wide receiver of name like antonio brown or anything like that and they stay put with who they have then i probably raise mike evans and godwin up but i think they probably both become um, much closer to wide receiver ones than I had them, you know. But initially, I think I had a uh, Evans at like wide receiver 17, I had Godwin at like wide receiver 18, something like that. Or wide receiver 20. Um, uh, I would definitely raise them up if if now if if they don't really add anybody else to this room uh, outside of Tyler Johnson, who was drafted last year. So oh no, yeah. So wide receiver twenty. Yeah, look at that. Um steel trap for a memory. Wide receiver eighteen and wide receiver twenty. Um, you know, with, with T.Y. Hilton, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Like, I don't think he has a ton left in the tank. I think he's still, like, a decent wide receiver, but he's not the same guy that he used to be. So, for me, like, he's probably a wide receiver three at best, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I wouldn't want him as well as my wide receiver three, but I would probably rank him somewhere around, like, wide receiver three-ish, bottom end, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Uh, in this offense, because as much as, as of right now, depending on if they don't go out and add another wide receiver through the draft or if it's not like somebody that like in an early day one pick, then I think that you could probably make a case for T.Y. Hilton, because as much as we all love Paris Campbell at this point, like Paris Campbell has never broken out and has not done anything in the NFL. And so, like, I feel like the fantasy community loves Paris Campbell and like, ev- like everybody loves Paris Campbell, but he has done nothing. To, for us to like love him as much as we do and give him as much credit. Like we think that he's just going to just step right in and take over this a large chunk of this offense. I really could be, you know, them two, him and Michael Pittman that are getting the most work here. So, you know uh, I think that is certainly um,
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
3: That's probably where I'd put him. But Kenny Galladay to the Giants, I think, is super interesting because it gives them now that kind of alpha wide receiver one um, that they really haven't had. You know, Darius Slayton is a, a guy that I've liked, but he just hasn't kind of turned that corner from that rookie year. I mean, he had a took a step back last year. I hope the Giants now invest in their offensive line again through the draft, keep rebuilding that offensive line, make it better, because they have pieces now. With Kenny Galladay, with Sterling Shepard still there, they still have Evan Ingram, Saquon's back, um, you know, and so like they have the pieces for this offense to really take a huge step forward. But they need to invest in this offensive line more and prove that they do that. Like Daniel Jones could be a like a sneaky guy that people should be talking about a little bit more heading into next year because. I don't think a lot of. I think most people hate Daniel Jones and think he's terrible. I don't really care if you think he's terrible because a quarterback can be terrible and still be a good fantasy quarterback. Like he can pick up yardage on the ground. He's not somebody that's going to give you a ton. He's not Josh Allen, but he certainly can give you, uh, you know, probably two to four hundred rushing yards somewhere right in that range if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, he's probably going to hit find the turf monster and fall down, but you know, before he makes it to the end zone like he did last year. But you know, I don't hate this offense, and so it's not a bad spot for Kenny Galladay to be honest with you. And he's going to see a ton of targets. So I think last year with Kenny Galladay getting hurt, I think that was a business decision. I think it had more to do with that and less to do with anything else because he knew he was coming in a free agency. This was his only opportunity to get the bag, right? He was not going to get another opportunity anywhere else to, to, to get a large you know, a large payday. So I don't hate him for doing this. and I don't hate the landing spot for the giants. Um, Curtis Samuel, loved that for Washington. I, I, uh, I, I glossed over him whenever I was talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier because uh, Curtis Samuel, this is a really good spot because, again, now, I mean, with with this offense, with McLaurin, with Curtis Samuel, he can kind of move all around the offense, kind of do some creative things with Antonio Gibson. And then the the man, the TFA legend, Logan Thomas, uh, you know, uh, being there in this offense. Like, I think this offense can be a lot of fun this year for Washington. So, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a, a fantasy god. So, you know, the other guys that kind of went other places, like, I think there's some interesting names like Josh Reynolds of Tennessee. It's a low volume offense, but he's likely the number two wide receiver next to A.J. Brown. Um, and, you know, we look at Corey Davis, and if he gets those kind of target share, like I think Josh Reynolds could be that guy, maybe looking at like a wide receiver four or a five and has some upside there. Uh, I don't think it's a tremendous upside. I think DJacks to the Rams is a better for the offense as a whole, but can he stay healthy? Because, like, he's played like one or two games each of the last couple of years, and then he gets hurt and he's out for the year. So if he can stay healthy, and stay on the football field, I think this is, because this is kind of what we talked about, right? The Rams needed that deep threat. They needed that field stretcher. And if he can be that, and he can stay healthy, like I think this could be something that kind of unlocks the offense a little bit, gives them that deep threat with the other guys underneath, like, you know, with with Woods and Cup, and even mixing in a little bit of Van Jefferson, because Sean Jackson is not going to play 90% 90% of the snaps. He's probably going to be a 40-50% snap guy, situational guy that they use on certain packages. He's older now. He's not the same guy as he used to be, but he still has that burst. He still has that speed. But with his injury track record, I doubt they put him out there for you know a large chunk. So I do think Van Jefferson will work it. So I do think that he is interesting in terms of a lot of these other guys, or at least I think he's interesting for the offense It helps the offense as a whole, but not something I'm necessarily interested in fancy.
2: I can't believe you did not talk about Keelan Cole at all i'm i'm like are are you just holding it in do you not want to make this a a a marathon podcast what's i was trying to you know i
3: didn't want to i didn't so my thing with it is is like again like i i don't hate like i think it's but like now there's keelan cole there's my denzel Mims, the uh you know show the tfa guy like we all love denzel mems this is a denzel Mims podcast Corey Davis right there, there's a lot of there's a lot of mouths to feed now in this this offense so it's kind of a sim- similar situation that whenever he was in Jacksonville where there's a lot of guys there I don't think he's somebody that you're going to be looking at every single week uh that that's gonna have fans but I do think again I think he could be a nice little wide receiver five you stack on your bench you know it sounds like I guess they told Corey Davis that that uh Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback you know we all kind of thought it was going to be Zach Wilson or or Justin fields that they were going to draft the number two overall but If they keep Sam Darnold here, like, you know, again, this offense, you know, the defense is still not great. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And so, you know, Corey Davis, I I think, is definitely could see 140 targets this year. And, you know, I think Keelan Cole could be like a wide receiver five, wide receiver six, somebody that you maybe want to stash, kind of like he was last year. Like Keelan Cole was not sexy last year, right? Like he wasn't somebody like you were like, excited about but he was just steady. He would get you that a lot of weeks, a ton of weeks of so that 10, 12 fantasy point type production, finds the end zone. Like he's he's a good wide receiver. He's not fat. he's not flashy. He's not somebody that's going to give you, you know, these big boom 30 point production weeks. But Keelan Cole is good and uh I like the landing spot going to the Jets, you know, even better and with Robert Sala and what they're going to do here. The Jets have a lot of picks, and they could really improve this offense. I think they need to continue improving that offensive line and really build that offensive line, much like the Giants. And I think this offense could be some fun, and we'll have to see if they are actually mean that and they're actually going to stick with Sam Darnold because it seems like a mistake to pass up on one of these quarterbacks you could get because I think at this point you probably know what Sam Darnold is. However, the Adam Gase effect, right, because Adam Gase, when guys leave, it's like everybody takes off.
2: Just blossoms like beautiful, beautiful flowers. Uh, the, the the only things I'll I'll throw in here, um, Manny Sanders and John Brown I think are interesting. Uh, Sanders obviously landing with Buffalo I think that's a good fit with Josh Allen. I still think Sanders has a little bit left in the tank. We saw him have a couple of games in New Orleans where he you know he basically took over. And was you know that that true wide receiver one with Michael Thomas on on the sidelines, and then Nelson Aguilar finishing as a wide receiver three last year. John Brown I think is a, is an all around better player, like total package wide receiver over like Ag, over uh, Aguilar can do what he does in terms of getting deep as well. So if he can stay healthy, but he, both of those guys I think not necessarily somebody I will be targeting. In my redrafts for this year, more or less guys that I think we're always going to have like at the top of our waiver list whenever we do those shows. But th- th- those are guys that, that I'm interested in. And then like you said, Josh, Josh Reynolds, maybe hopefully getting a, getting a shot here to to have a more steady role in an offense with, you know, Corey Davis leaving for uh, leaving for New York kind of just leaves AJ Brown there. They got rid of Johnny Smith. So it's really those two, you know. Derrick Henry offers nothing in the passing game, so it's going to be interesting to see how those targets get uh, distributed there in uh, in Tennessee. And then, real quick, we'll just wrap things up here with with the tight ends. Obviously,
3: I just want to hold on before you jump tight ends. What about Will? What are your thoughts on Will Fuller? Because we, because I remember, because like even when we did our show last, week, like when we did the reaction show last week, we we never, I don't think we ever really talked about Will Fuller in Miami. And yeah, true. Like, and and now we did the same thing. We're kind of just going right over him. I know it's a one year deal, but like, obviously, this is a downgrade. At least for me, it is for him, you know, going from Houston with Deshaun Watson going 100%. now to Miami with, with Tua. But like, what are your thoughts on Tua and just this offense as a whole? With, like, where do you view Will Fuller? Are you excited about him? Are you kind of, would you just be avoiding him now? I mean, him and Devonte Parker are kind of seem a little bit redundant where they're both like solid deep threats and i mean will fuller can do a little bit more than that but he's not like a nuanced you know route runner either he's not a technician as a route runner um he wins a lot deep and um but now with Tua, just like w- what are your thoughts on him th- this year
2: as far as Tua goes i think the hate has gone a little far like everyone was all over Tua's jock last year going into it and then he's recovering from that hip injury gets thrown into the fire in the middle of the season struggles, you know, behind a, you know, an improved offensive line, but still a, not a great offensive line by any means. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, well, they should probably think about, you know, taking a quarterback with, you know, with that, that pick from Houston. I think that's gone a little too far. Maybe he's not going to be what we thought he was. I think Will Fuller can help open things up for that offense. It's absolutely a downgrade going from Watson to Tua. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what – maybe there's is the reason why we've glossed over it, too, because, like, I'm not entirely sure what to expect from Fuller, like, in terms of his role in the offense, you know, obviously as the field structure to kind of open things up underneath. I think Devontae Parker is going to operate more as that intermediate kind of chain-moving uh, wide receiver. Um I just don't know what to expect in terms of, you know, how many targets he's going to see. Are they going to add somebody else? Because I mean, outside of Parker and, you know, Preston Williams, who another guy that we've been waiting on to, to really break out for, for the past two years, kind of like Paris uh, Campbell outside of that, it's what Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, like they, they don't have a lot going on there. So I think they, they, they could be another team that has in the, in the draft, it is, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, because obviously they were tied to somebody like Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith. Like what does that free things up for them now? It's only the one year deal. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of just talking in, in circles at this point, because I'm, I'm really not sure, you know, what to what to do with it. I think as far as draft goes, I mean, wide rec- like in that wide receiver three range for fuller, I guess, just because of, you know, his, uh, his, his ability to, to put up, Hundred something yards and you know a touchdown or two on a, on a week to week basis, but he he's someone who I'm just like the the fit. I, I, I don't know, man. Do do you have you know stronger thoughts on on Fuller going there?
3: No, I don't hate it. I mean, all right, I don't love it. You know, like I like Will Fuller the player. He's certainly dynamic. You know, great you know field stretching wide receiver, but it's just it's just hard to like love. I mean. You, he wasn't terrible last year. I mean, really, though, in mean, only 11 games, he had 53 receptions, 879 yards, eight touchdowns. He was actually number seven overall at fantasy points per game, 10th in yards per reception, and number one in yards per target. I don't know how much, you know, you know 11th in yards per route run, but I don't know how much that Tua is really going to be targeting him, you know, deep either. Like, like, how are they going to let, you know, is Tua going to open things up completely? Because, you know, if you look at Tua last year, like I know it's a very limited sample size for for Tua, um, you know, he, he did, he did take some attempts. I mean, he was there, were, he was 27th in deep ball attempts, which in only 10 games, that's not bad. I mean, in terms of average 3.3 deep balls per game, but his accuracy wasn't great. Um, his, his deep ball actually was 36.4, which was 24th among all quarterbacks. Uh, but you know, I think I think there's some certainly some stuff to build on. I do agree a little bit. I think that the hate has probably went a little overboard. And in terms of, you know, a guy that's come in and again didn't get an offseason, a rookie quarterback that didn't get any offseason, didn't get really a whole lot of work, no preseason prep, nothing, and got thrown into the fire the way that he did. I thought they really mishandled that as, as good as I think uh Flores has been as a head coach. I think that was the one thing that didn't make any sense. The way the team was really rock- rocking and rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then to all of a sudden throw in Tua the way that they did, uh, I, I didn't think made a whole lot of sense. Um, I mean, Tua did have. If you look at him last year, uh, he had that one game, or he had the game against Kansas City where he had 28 fantasy points, and then I believe, uh, yeah, the game against Arizona wasn't terrible either, uh, where he had 21.4 fantasy points. But you know, I, I, I guess we'll see here with, with him in this offense. But like, like, kind of like you mentioned, like I don't love Will Fuller either. Like, uh, it's just kind of like. Like it just feels a little bit like a downgrade, and I do think that there is a real good chance that they add a wide receiver as well, uh, another wide receiver here, which would just put a little bit more uh, water on the on the flame of Will Fuller.
2: Yeah, with that one year deal, that that doesn't really. You're not gonna as as an NFL franchise, you're not gonna pass on the ability to improve your wide receiver room because you signed somebody like Fuller to uh, to a one year deal. So it's gonna be. I'm I'm so excited for the NFL draft. I, I'm excited to see what a lot of these teams do. So moving things on to tight end to wrap this up, you know, new England has to go in and just ruin all of our fun and not only take one of the premier free free agent tight ends, they take two by getting John who and Hunter Henry, the guy who used to be in new England Gronk. He stays with Tampa Bay. Jared cook goes to the chargers. Gerald Everett goes to Seattle. And I mean, I, if you were not on this show, Kev, I don't know that I'd be mentioning this, but uh, Dan Arnold to Carolina. Uh, you already had the video on John New and Hunter Henry, so if you guys are interested in hearing Kev's thoughts on that, you can head over to the YouTube channel. Uh, like I said, he did uh, Kev did a video on those two and their impact in New England. Um, it, I guess the, the guy that I'm most interested in, I, I guess, would be Everett. But even then, like it it looks like the let Russ Cook movement has been completely derailed. Obviously, Metcalf, Lockett's still there. Will Disley, even, you know, we've seen him show up in flashes. So I, I, outside of the guys in New England and Gronk, I guess, it would be Everett. But, like, I'm, I'm not that excited about it. Is there anyone here other than Dan Arnold that sticks out to you?
3: You know, I don't hate the landing spot for Dan Arnold, bro going to Carolina right now. He's the only tight end. I mean, like, Ian Thomas is there, but Ian Thomas has been absolutely zero. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't hate it. You know, they lose Curtis Samuel, you know, obviously getting Chris McCaffrey back. So that helps I mean, That guy will help the passing offense, but like Dan Arnold is a tight end, you know, it could be a really solid deep threat, you not deep, uh, uh, red zone target because I mean, who do they got? They got Robbie Anderson and they got DJ Moore. I mean, but both those guys are solid. I mean, DJ Moore is a, uh, a beast, but, you know, in terms of just needing a red zone option, I mean, Dan Arnold has been a, a red zone monster. You look at him last year, he wasn't I mean, I mean, he wasn't really fantasy relevant other than one game where he, he was uh, you know gave us a good old uh you know 61 yards and two touchdowns, but he still scored I, I believe four touchdowns last year for for Arizona and an offense that had a lot of targets. So I don't hate Dan Arnold. Are you drafting Dan Arnold? No, but I still love Dan Arnold, I will always love Dan Arnold. And maybe he turns into some sort of like a streaming option or something in certain weeks next year. But overall for the tight ends, I think Jared cook is interesting going to uh, the chargers. Now that being the tight end one there for them with Justin Herbert in this offense, Mike Williams is still there and Keenan Allen is still there. But other than that, like there's not a whole lot there standing in his way. So he probably should be probably third or fourth in targets on the team. Um, You know, depending on where you slot in Austin Eckler in terms of targets as well. But uh I don't hate Jared Cook. I think that makes Jared Cook probably a low-end tight end tied in one, um, maybe t- a high-end tight end in two. But other than that, you know, uh, Johnny and Hunter, you can go watch the video and figure out what my thoughts are on that. I'm, I think they just kind of cannibalize each other, and they're both kind of – Hunter Henry is probably a tight end 12, tight end 13, and then I think Johnny is probably tight end 15, tight end 16, somewhere in that range. Um, I love Johnny. I think that he deserves to cook and spread his wings and fly, but he's not – Gonna get that that full opportunity there with with both of those tight ends there, and Gronk was somehow a tight end one last year, but what I mean that doesn't not saying a whole lot in terms of the tight end position. So uh, there's nothing really moves you know. I do think Gerald Everett is really interesting in Seattle, but how much are they gonna really improve you know involve him with now especially they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which Tyler Lockett's also a free agent next year by the way. So you know Gerald Everett super explosive guys, uh, really uh, athletic tight end. So I think he could be somebody that probably ends up that we look back on it as kind of a, a sleeper
2: option. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with, with all that. I, I really don't have anything else to add. It's, it's gross. And then, like I said, New England has to go in and just ruin everything by by getting both of those guys there. So I think that is going to to wrap it up. Like I said, uh, there's still a couple of guys out there, Fournette, Connor, Duke Johnson, uh, Tar Gurley, my boy Sammy Watkins, AB is still out there, but for the most part, I think Fournette is going to be the the most impactful signing uh, that th- that's left. Obviously, if if Watkins goes somewhere and he can stay healthy, and I mean, I, I think AB's best spot is going to be with uh, back with Tampa if they decide to to bring him back. Other than that, not really super interested in in any of those guys. So appreciate you guys tuning in make sure you keep everything locked in here if you have not yet done it we are doing a uh, an NFL draft we are doing a fantasy draft guide this year we we would really love and appreciate any comments feedback you guys have on that in terms of what you're looking for the things you enjoy with uh with draft guides and you know what would cause you to purchase one and we'll have more details coming for, uh, for that in the, in the near future but until then drop us a comment, rate, review, subscribe do all that for us, we really appreciate it DMs are always open on social you can find us on Twitter at FF underscore authority or over there on the gram just search the fantasy authority over on there and you'll find us so for Cody for Kev, for Cody talking to third person now, I'm rambling it's over, bye
1: you're welcome. Oh, Hot no, we not, y'all oh, If it may pop off I'll answer the question Will I get your block knocked nah, nah. yeah, off Then with it yeah, is, bruh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look out with Kia, yeah, 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 bruh I'm in your hood yo, If you a gangster, yeah, yeah. what you need for? Somebody better get, bruh Before we get set for so Say you wanna squash it What you steal? Talk me, what? On, I got a I'm be, when I church you